You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com, sending a special shout out to subscribers to this podcast and to join that group and have new episodes delivered to your device each morning as they are posted. Just go to your favorite podcast source and click the subscribe button. Joining me today is a longtime colleague and a longtime friend. He writes at my website, ganggreennation.com, always produces a lot of great draft content this time of year. It's David Wyatt. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I, I can't remember the last time I popped on the show, but I have been on before, but I think it's been a few years now. I think it was after the 2017 draft. We did a breakdown on the it was the Jamal Adams Marcus May draft. We'll remember it as the Jamal Adams Marcus May draft, not the Ardarius Stewart Chad Hansen uh, Jordan Leggett draft. Oh, I think I actually quite liked a couple of those guys as well. So we probably shouldn't revisit that one. <laughs> anyway, David. So. First question I always ask everybody, and your take on the quarterback position, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, you think it's going to be Wilson? Do you think it should be Wilson? I think it, I think it will be Wilson. Um, I wouldn't go that way. I mean, I've been quite outspoken in, in my Justin Fields appreciation. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's just because I've, I've seen Fields since kind of high school. You know, he was in QB1 and you kind of followed his career through Georgia and Ohio State. And Wilson's just kind of raced onto the onto the scene this year. I didn't have a clue about Wilson before this year, just being perfectly honest. I hadn't looked at him. I hadn't seen him. Um, you know, I don't think, I think he was in a QB competition at the start of this year for, for BYU. So he wasn't even a clear-cut starter. Um but yeah, I'm comfortable with Wilson. I think I saw, I saw your breakdowns on on Wilson and Fields, and and kind of agreed with with what you were saying on all of it. I'm I'm pretty comfortable with with both of them. I would just prefer to go with Fields personally. I just think he's a I think he's a better thrower of the ball as an all around game. You know, his deep balls second to none. I think he's got the best deep ball in the draft. Um, his athleticism's great. Uh, I, you know, I don't I think the he can't get past his first read. I think that's been really overblown, and you touched on that touched on that in your in your Justin Fields breakdown I think that's a narrative that's just been a little bit overblown and it seems to be cooling down recently Justin Fields is coming back into um like a media darling over the last week after being broken down for three months it's quite interesting now you do a daily draft notes uh segment again greennation.com and you know one of the things that you wrote which i thought was interesting is you talked about the need the jets have at the linebacker position and it's one that maybe doesn't get the attention of say a guard or a cornerback position but uh, you know, you're right. The Jets don't really have a lot that's proven at the linebacker position. Can you talk about some of the players you may like to see the Jets take a look at in the draft? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it doesn't get the appreciation it does. And we're kind of pinning our hopes on CJ Mosley coming back to be what he was, you know, a couple of years ago. We signed him. We haven't really seen him in two years. And I think that's quite a risky business to kind of go into the season, really pinning your hopes on on him. So there's quite a few linebackers in this draft that I think the Jets would would have an interest in. Um, I, I do think that 
Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa is going to be an interesting name to watch in the first round just because of his versatility. And I know um, Jeff Albrook and, and Salah really value those guys who can play in certain positions. And I've been saying for a long time, it doesn't seem like we've had a guy who can cover in that linebacking unit for a long, long time. We seem to, you know, you go back to like David Harris and all the people we've had around them. Good run, run defenders, good, you know, close to the line of scrimmage. But we haven't had that many players who can switch their hips and, and run with tight ends and and slot receivers. And I think that's the way the league's going. So, you know, in that regard, you kind of look at someone like Jabril Cox. Um, I think he's a really underrated player from LSU, was at North Dakota State before transferring to LSU this year. Um, and he's been a superb player for LSU. He made that step up and... If anything, he had his best year in in against the toughest competition, which really speaks volumes. Then you've got Zayvon Collins, who's he's another guy. He's, he's more of a all-around linebacker, so he can do a bit of everything. I really like him. Um, Cameron McGrone from Michigan is a guy that I really, really like. Um, I keep talking about him. I keep, you know, a few people who in the draft so keep saying, stop talking about him because um, he's kind of that secret weapon that that other, other teams are undervaluing a little bit. You know, no one's going to listen to what I say, so I can say what I want. Um, but he's got great range. He's another guy. He, you know, he's, he didn't grade out that well. Um, if you look at PFF and people like that, he didn't grade out as well as a lot of other linebackers. But he's only 20 years old as well, and he's, he's, he started for them for two years. And that's, that's pretty special to start at a program like Michigan when you're that young. Um, so he's kind of a mid-round talent that I quite like. But if you're looking for linebacker help, I think this is a really good draft to get it. Now, Matt Morrow of our website, gangreennation.com, appeared on our show yesterday. And I can tell you, David, there are two things you have in common. The first is that you both complimented the horrendous weight music that we have on the service I use to record these podcasts. It's the most annoying song you've ever heard if you are waiting for me to arrive to record the podcast. Most annoying thing. Like I can't believe you and Matt both love it. Uh, the second thing, though, is... You guys have both written extensively about uh, Kendrick Green, Illinois interior offensive line prospect. And I, you know, I mentioned this on the show yesterday with Matt that lots of Jets analysts, and both of you included, are, are big fans of his. Yeah, I, I talked to Matt quite well. First of all, John, that, that hold music is fantastic. So I'm not sure about your music taste. I've got it downloaded on Spotify right now. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, but yeah, Kendrick Green is this guy that. I came across quite a while ago. I talked to Matt quite a lot. We, we go back and forth on, on private message on Twitter, talking about prospects we like and breaking them down. And both of us kind of looked at Kendrick Green and kind of went, man, this, this guy is absolutely perfect for the Jets. Like the system we're going to run, the kind of the movement skills you need from your linemen, you, you know, Kendrick Green offers absolutely everything. And I think here is Michael Narnia. He's, he's, he's on Twitter. He does a lot of stats breakdowns. He kind of posted some... Um, breakdowns of kind of vertical and broad jumps for linemen that San Francisco used and linemen that Atlanta used, um, not Atlanta, uh, San Francisco under Lafleur, And all of them had some things in common and they were kind of vertical jump, broad jump, those kind of aspects. And and I went and had a look at Kendrick Green so I saw his explosion off the ball would indicate that he would grade out really highly in those regards. And he was 99th percentile in vertical, 100 percentile in broad jump, 99 percentile in 40 yard dash 97 percentile in the 10 yard split and that's that shows kind of his explosion off the ball and if we're going to use a lot of those caravanning kind of lines to the sideline to open up those gaps in the run game he's just going to be the the ideal player i mean he he's my favorite prospect in this draft and 
I've already been saying to Matt and a few others, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the last couple of days that I can dream that he's going to be a Jet before he gets snapped up by someone else and I have to forget about him. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has a ton of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the, all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Now, there's another offensive lineman you have written about recently, Drake Johnson, out of Kentucky. Uh, And, you know, you, you mentioned that the Jets may not, you know, people may say the Jets don't have the biggest need at center, but, you know, you don't necessarily agree with that take. And you think that maybe the Jets, if there is a player who is available at the right spot, maybe should look at the center position. Yeah, I think, I think at the minute we, we've obviously, you know, we, we're sorted at center for this year. And I do think that Conor McGovern is going to be better in this system. I think it suits his skill set a little bit better. And, and we, we can't really move on from anywhere just for the salary cap situation, the money owed. But after this year, you can move on from Conor McGovern. So if you needed to open up more space, and let's just say Conor McGovern has another poor year, because um, I thought he was very poor last year. I haven't I haven't looked at the stats, but he didn't seem, you know, pretty much everyone on the offensive line was poor last year, but McGovern especially um, didn't think he had a good year. And Drake Jackson's kind of a, a fourth, fifth kind of round um, center from Kentucky. He's, been graded out really highly in zone. Um, his pass protection, I think he's given up one sack in three years, one hit in three years. His hand placement is absolutely ideal. Um, I know Matt likes Drew Dalman from Stanford. He's another guy, he's another centre that is in that range, four to six, sixth round that we could potentially look at. Um, but he's, he's just got a lot of talent. He's really undervalued. He's a little bit slight for the position, but I think, you know, get him in an NFL weight programme. He can put some more... more way on and it won't affect his kind of athletic and his movement skills. Um, so yeah, Drake Jackson, Drew Dalman, I, I do think there's value in taking them in the, in the mid to later rounds. Now on today's column, you wrote about edge rushers in particularly some of the options for the jets at 23. Could you go over your thoughts on them? Yeah. So, you know, edge, Edge isn't my preferred option for 23, but I keep seeing um, rumours about the Jets potentially looking in that position. And, and Robert Salah does love his edge players, that so can't be denied. So there are a few players, but there's no real prospect that you go, I'm going to pin my hat on this guy, and I'm pretty confident that he's going to be, you know, a, a premier edge defender in the league. I think Quitty Pays, I, I quite like him. Um, I think the first comment I saw on the protest one, it was no to Quitty Pays. So that's always quite interesting. Um, but he's kind of got that explosion power combination that I quite like. Other people are kind of looking at Jalen Phillips, but 
you know, he makes me really nervous. He, you know, he has said that one more concussion could be the end of his career. He's retired already and then reversed that decision. Um, that makes me really nervous at 23. If he fell to mid-second, late second, or you know, early third, if that that's a kind of value where you could take a risk. But at number 23, when you're in a position like the Jets, we've got so many holes to fill. The thought that one more concussion and he might hang it up is enough to put me off. Um, Jason Owa is, a, is another guy that I, I, I don't love. I don't like players, edge players especially, don't have any production in college. And I think he's coming off a, a year where he's had zero sacks and 171 pass rush snaps. And that, that to me says, you know, there's something there that's not quite, um, not quite working. But he has got the raw physical skills, got a hell of a lot of juice there. So, you know, he's, he's an option, but I, I would prefer not to go edge in the first round. I just wanted to cover a few guys just in case we did go in that position. Well, you know, you talk about Jason Noah, but David, here's the counter to that. When have the, when have the Jets ever gone wrong taking a Penn State player with no college production early in the draft? <laughs> That's, very, sorry, it's very true. Very true. Uh. It's never happened. <laughs> You know, I did a podcast a few weeks ago where I started talking about Hackenberg and like, I honestly was not trying to get myself like fired up. But by the end of it, I was like kind of yelling about it because like (laughs) I just started like recalling that pick and getting myself like more and more fired up over like how ridiculous it was. So maybe we should move on. on, um, I think there's a story on ESPN not that long ago about where it all went wrong for Hackenberg in, in New York. And it was kind of like at the moment he got drafted was where it went wrong. You know, in no universe should he have been that high as, oh, yeah, let's move on. My my other favorite part of that story is how, like, nobody will speak on the record about what happened. Like, nobody's nobody's touching (laughs) out. Nobody was around. Which, you know, like, you can understand why, why, like, Todd Bowles, who's still in the NFL, may not want to speak about it because, you know, he's got to, like, it's not good for Todd Bowles to, like, speak on the record. But there are guys like Chan Gailey or, like, Mike McCagden who aren't in the NFL who want nothing to do with talking about this. We're hoping that we all forget that it happened. That's what it is. Oh, I wish we could. But if you're trying to fix your car or truck, you can forget about chain stores with their different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers because rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. rockauto.com's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Get all the news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. Let's talk. You also wrote. You also wrote something interesting, which is that Zach Wilson may not be the only BYU player the Jets take. Um, and you know, you wrote about guys from both sides of the ball. But I think it's all. I think it's an interesting concept. You know, drafting a quarterback and then maybe giving him some players on his side of the ball he's familiar with. So, who are some of the BYU guys you think could potentially be options for the Jets? Obviously, later some of these guys, much later, maybe late rounds, undrafted free agents. But you named a number of guys who are, could be possibilities. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of go back and forward with if it's a good idea or not. If it's 
if it's better to have Zach Wilson have to stand on his own feet, two feet when he gets into the Jets locker room rather than have a familiarity with, you know, maybe he'll go off with a couple of the guys from BYU. But if, if we were to do it, and I could see why you would, Brady Christensen's an offensive lineman, uh, would probably go inside to guard at the next level. But he's just a really good technician. If you want to see good uh, offensive line technique, go and watch Brady Christensen. And what I always say when, when I was first introducing a couple of people to Brady was, was you've watched Zach Wilson highlights here. Yeah? You've watched Zach Wilson game tape. How many times did you see pressure coming at him from the left-hand side? And it was barely any. Um, I think he allowed three sacks in three years. I'm not sure how many sacks. I think it was only one this year or zero this year. And he's just a really good technician if it comes from his footwork or his hand placement or whatever you want from an offensive lineman. He, it's him. He's not the most athletically gifted, and I think if he stayed on the outside, he would get beat around the edge quite a lot. But he, he's got enough to make him quite an interesting prospect. And I've seen him as high as kind of the second round now. When, when we first started talking about him, I would say it's so interesting over an off-season where you look at guys and they're fourth, fifth-round prospects, and they don't play any more football between the end of the college season and the draft. But some guys rise magnificently, and that's what Brady's done. He's, he's kind of up there now. Um, Tristan Hoag's another guy. He's, he was the right guard at BYU. In BYU, play the outside zone. I think that's something you've covered in, on GGN uh, a few times. BYU are familiar with the outside zone concept because that's what they play more than any any other college team. Um, so he's another guy. Dax Milne is, is was one of um, Zach Wilson's favourite targets. And he's got this great foot quickness off the line. He looks a lot quicker than he times. So he didn't time overly well in the 40, but... If you actually watch him, he gets open quite easily. Obviously, the level of competition has to be taken into consideration. But he's a late-round guy that I think would be quite interesting. Um, same with Matt Bushman as well. I mean, he missed the 2020 season. And and I, I can't imagine there's anyone more gutted to miss Zach Wilson's 2020 season than Matt Bushman because he was a really popular target for Wilson in 2019. So I think his value would have skyrocketed this year. And he's a guy, he's got really good speed. Um, he's a little older. I think he's 26 at, at draft time. So... He's going to be quite old um, for a draft prospect coming in, so that's going to hurt his stock a little bit. Um, and the other guy just to watch out for is Troy Troy Warner. So he's Fred Warner's younger brother. So obviously there's some familiarity with Salah and Warner in San Francisco. Um, and he's had loads and loads of injury issues at BYU. But when he's actually got on the field, he's he's quite an impressive prospect. He he, he shows up well. So. Yeah, there's, there's lots of um, BYU prospects in the draft, which is which is great for that school and, and probably tells to why they had such a good season. You know, we just talked about one infamous moment in Jets draft history with Christian Hackenberg. This reminds me of another less infamous moment because it was a late round pick. I think it was a seventh round pick. But back in 2011, I remember the Jets took Scotty McKnight, who was Mark Sanchez's <laughs> best friend. And I remember, I remember this because first of all, that was the draft I was actually at covering it. But second of all, people on my web, people on our website made some comment. Oh, they only drafted him because he's Sanchez's best friend. They don't think he could actually play. And I like, I like made fun of them. Like, come on, the Jets, they, nobody would do something like that. And then the book collision with low crossers came out and that's actually exactly what happened. Rex Ryan had promised Sanchez that they would draft McKnight. And like nobody in the front office thought McKnight could actually play in the NFL. <laughs> so it's all, this is just bringing it all back to me today. Um, well, I think, I think Dax Mill's a little bit better than Scotty McKnight. I don't, I can't, I don't think I ever heard of Scotty McKnight before the Jets drafted him. Did he ever actually, did he ever catch a football for the Jets? I can't remember him ever no. getting on the field. 
No, he. I don't think he ever made the team. I think the first year, his rookie year, he got injured in either training camp or the preseason. And then he, I don't think he ever made the team. He may have been on the practice squad, but I don't think he actually played a game for the Jets. Yeah, I think he did his ACL, didn't he? I do remember him, him doing his ACL. Quite a serious injury at some point. Maybe that's what's going down. Yeah, all, all I can remember is just me like being condescending and laughing at people saying like, saying like, of course the Jets, the Jets think this guy can play. And then we found out years later that that was not the case, that the people He's I was defending. making fun of were right. Defending the professional professional organization. The Jets wouldn't just do that for friendships. They're professional, they're a business. They're looking for winning. Yeah, no. <laughs> And, I mean, just think about that. Think about me making those comments. I mean, does that sound like the Jets to you? <laughs> well, hopefully going forward. <laughs> anyway, well, David, great, great chatting with you. Thanks so much for finding the time, finding the time today. And David and I had a little uh, – David's over in the U.K., so we had a little timing mishap where I thought it was a different time in the U.K., but David, it, David was nice enough to uh, help me out even after my – misfire uh setting this thing up so david thanks so much no it's thanks for having us john uh look forward to the draft night thank you for listening this has been the locked on jets podcast part of the locked on podcast network as always if you enjoyed the show subscribe to it and leave it a five-star review have a great tuesday everybody we'll be back tomorrow with our weekly mailbag